Welcome to Proudly ADHD at work and in business. I am your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius. Ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. Recently, I have been having a lot of conversations around communication, listening skills, and all in relation to ADHD. And the questions I get are, how does someone with ADHD communicate effectively, trying to make sure that they're not interrupting the other person, paying attention to what is being said, and being present in conversations, and also being able to not only listen effectively, but be able to articulate and communicate our thoughts, our solutions, our emotions in a way that is received, that is impactful, and that in a professional setting or in business setting, decisions are being made that is beneficial to everyone. Before I go into the how of of dynamic communication, let me just set the stage a little bit when it comes to ADHD and communication. And over the past few years in my research, in my training, some of the things that I've learned about when it comes to ADHD and communication. As you've heard in the past episodes, I've brought this up many times. One of the reasons that at the end of my corporate life or career, if you will, I was struggling a lot, a lot, a lot, was due to the fact that in meetings, I would interrupt constantly. I would interrupt the conversation. I would interrupt the flow of the conversation. And it wasn't intentional. It was just so many thoughts were coming to me at the same time and so many ideas. And the kind of meetings that we had were very much think tank style collaboration. So I would tend to either interrupt or dominate the meetings or getting patient with someone who was just dragging on their ideas and their thoughts. So it was a lot of struggle for me and I couldn't understand what was going on with me. And if you relate to this pre-ADHD diagnosis, I really, for me, my suffering when it came to ADHD and professional side was the fact that I kept looking at others in these meetings and how they would just articulate their thoughts ever so gracefully and get to the point quickly and also be able to manage their emotions and know when to speak and when not to speak. So I always looked up to those that were able to deliver their message ever so eloquently And I always wondered why one day, one day I'm going to be able to do this. And had I known about my ADHD, I think I would have been a little bit more kinder. And and that self-talk that I used to beat myself up after every meeting, the shoulda, coulda, all of that would have subsided a little bit. So my intention in this episode is to say, I feel you, I see you, I hear you, I did used to do that and I I still sometimes do, but now I'm much more self-aware of my communication style, of the way I listen, of the way I speak, and I'm able to bring in the tools that I will share with you shortly in order to be able to really communicate in a way that at the end of it, I don't feel exhausted. I feel like I was able to bring my points across and whether I influenced or not, it's up to the person. So, so I've also detached from the emotion. The other thing about ADHD and communication I find, especially in professional settings, is we often 
want to really like we see the the solution before anybody else does so we jump the gun we give them the solutions and not only one but five of them let's say and we really are persistent and this is the way it's going to go it's going to be great you guys have to see it through my lens and it it does come across a little bit um, abrupt a little bit rash and some people are not ready to, to receive the solution just yet so those are some of the things that I think with ADHD and impulsivity, that gets us in trouble because sometimes that impulsivity kicks in, the urge kicks in that, look guys, the solution is right here. Why aren't we doing it? And then we get frustrated that we didn't get the buy-in, that everybody else is saying, well, no, it's too good to be true or, oh, did you think about all the details? And then they start to question our style and our approach in how we came to the solution and that even frustrates us even more. So there's a bit of... Uh, learning how to influence, and I call it influence with integrity, where you're not being manipulative, you're, but you're also not being too abrupt or too in their face, but coming from a place of you took them on a journey to get them to that point of view that you may have, but they got there on their own speed and we didn't rush it. It is important to mention one thing though, and I'm, I, I don't want you to think I'm generalizing this whole thing about ADHD and, and communication style and how we may suck at it. We don't suck at it in all aspects. So for example, in the cases above that I just talked about, it's in group settings where this was coming up for me and, and it was the, that dynamic fluid conversation that's going back and forth amongst a bunch of people. That's when it, I would trip up and get into trouble. However, when it came to presentations where I'm influencing a bunch of executives on a new idea that I had in my marketing days, where I am influencing big decisions, in those situations, I didn't have a problem. Because actually what was happening in those situations, I would really put in the time, the research, the, the, the effort into making sure what I'm about to present is going to get buy-in. So, so there was, there's diff, different situations where my communication skills and my ADHD tripped me up. And then in other ways, my ADHD kind of was my strength where I would really present some new ideas, innovative ideas that, that the leadership was like, wow, how did you come up with this? And the way I presented it. So it was whenever me on the driver's seat, when I was presenting and influencing, I like to say I was pretty good at it. But it came to team meetings, dynamic conversations where it's fluid and everybody's contributing, that's where I was tripping up and my impulsivity would kick in. So ADHD impulsivity, that affects our communication skills. ADHD and just that piece of, let me beat myself up a little bit more before I go into the meeting, the negative self-talk that could happen before we even begin a conversation, the energy in which we walk into a conversation also affects how we show up in the dialogue with somebody else. If we're coming from a place of, oh, they never listen, it's going to be another shitty meeting, or I'm not going to make the sale, all of that inner talk will ripple effect into the way you show up in that conversation, how you're going to listen, and how you're going to receive the information. Often I get questions asked around, well, I sometimes can't keep up with all the information that's being thrown at me, I get distracted. They give, they're, they're starting to speak and then I think of the ideas and I'm not really listening. And we'll talk about one technique that really affects that and how we can kind of work around 
when we start to scroll and, and, and when we're thinking about something else while the person is still speaking. So how do you keep engaged? How do you keep focused? So those are some of the things that I like to unpack in this episode. So let's get into it. Conversations take place at all levels of energy. And by energy, I mean it could be very low, very much about woes me, life is shit, what am I doing with my life? Or it could be about problem solving, let's come together, let's come up with a solution about something. Or it could be very a heated conversation, a lot of you know disagreement back and forth, you're wrong, you're right, people not seeing each other's perspectives and point of views. Each paragraph, each sentence, and each word, depending upon how it is said, as well as everything that is not said out loud, will impact your ability to engage your audience, shift their perspective, their energy, and inspire individuals to come on board with what you have to say, to march to the beat of your drum, or to, to really get together to be on the same path and journey together. So the energy behind your message, the way you communicate, the core thoughts will drive what you say and is felt by the participants. So it's really important that we understand what is really underneath. What is that tone underneath our communication? What are we trying to say? What are we trying to listen to? So here's a scenario. Let's walk through the scenario that that kind of gives an example of what dynamic communication is all about. In this scenario, imagine your business partner or one of your colleagues is in direct communication with several employees in your company. You feel his style of communication is very poor and the effect on those employees is negative. You feel you must confront about it but are concerned about how you'll react to your comments. Now, through the ADHD lens, there's a couple of things in this situation that we could get tripped up in. The fact that we didn't like this person's communication style, we think it's poor, it's affecting employees in a negative way. That in itself, like some of us are really see ourselves as empaths, as really caring for others, and we want to make sure that there's always justice done. And whenever we see this service, we want to jump in. We want to protect. We want to save. And also, in this situation, the other thing that could come up is that whole emotional dysregulation. How do we fend for these other people that are receiving this information in a way that's not really productive or not very good? And how do we communicate to the other person that, hey, the way you're talking to these people is not the right way to go about it. So there's a couple, and, and think about this, this scenario, and actually pause this for a second, and write down your thoughts. How would you deal with someone that you feel, what would you say to them when you feel like their communication style is poor, it's affecting the employees in a negative way, and how would you go about confronting them and really making sure that, that they change their behavior? So pause for a second, Think about how you would want to say it, and let me now give you some of the different ways that this could come up. So I'm going to give you some scenarios here, and I hope that you bear with me as I go through just a few scenarios just to kind of articulate my point of the different ways that we can come at it with, with regards to this situation. So one 
situation could be, one perspective that we could look at this is, we could think that, oh my gosh, he's so incompetent. I can't believe he just doesn't get it. I'm really pissed off about this situation and we shouldn't have to deal with this. That's one way we could look at this and be really angry. So what we would tell this person is, what are you thinking about? You're upsetting everyone and I don't have the time to fix this myself. You better find a way to fix this now. So it's pretty harsh, pretty out there. And I'm sure somewhere in your career, in your profession, you've had kind of this, this bit of a conversation with somebody at some point. Now, let's look at a different perspective. What else can we do? So, so there's that level of energy of just defiance, anger. Let me just lash out at this person and say it like how it is and how dare they and they better fix it. And then you could come from a place of compassion. And you may think to yourself, I feel so bad for our employees. They need to feel safe. Also, I really care about my partner and don't want to upset him or her. So how do I have this conversation? So those are the thoughts that may come up. And this is how you may deliver that conversation. So you may say, we have a problem and I consider myself responsible because I haven't addressed this up until now. I know you well. You mean the best for this company and for the people, but they, might, they may not hear you clearly all the time. How can we make this happier? So they feel more secure and we can honor each other and, and take a joint responsibility. This one sounds a little bit, if you're coming from the previous angle, this is like way too stretching because there's a lot of compassion, love and empathy and all of that good stuff. I mean, you may not say all of those words exactly, but the point is in this perspective, compassion comes in for not only for yourself, for others, for the person, there's a bit of honoring and, and really saying, look, I got your back. Let, let's work together on this. Now, here's this one. This, this perspective is kind of like my favorite. This one, this level of thinking is really all about um, seeing problems, but not through the lens of fixing it, but through the lens of what are we learning? What are the opportunities here? So in this perspective, you may think something like this. Up until now, we've done okay. And even with poor communication, I can't even imagine where we'll go once we take it to the next level. So the thought is very optimistic. It's very much about, it's not a problem here. So if this person is having these, the, the way that they speak may not be the right way, but we can still go a little bit further. We can, we can stretch this. We can see what's next. So the way you may want to communicate your, your feeling about that situation, the words could be something like this. I think we have a great opportunity to better connect with our employees so that everyone wins. Let's brainstorm some of what we might do to work better as a team so that everyone, including us, profits. This level of communication, you get the other person to really let go of their guard because you're not lashing out at them. You're not telling them they did something wrong. You're really going in for a perspective of opportunities, connection, a win-win for everybody. This way of communicating is really honing in on your emotional regulation. It's really taking the moment to pause and actually thinking through 
words, approach that is really inclusive. And again, it's not about fixing. It's about what are the opportunities? Where do we go from here? And I challenge you to try this. And maybe you have tried it in some places. So think about times where you use that kind of thinking about seeing things as opportunities for what's the next level? How do we level up from this? As opposed to, oh my God, it's broken. We need to fix it. We need to fire somebody. They're they're a shitty communicator. No, this is very much about learning, learning. We're, We're increasing our skills. We're enhancing our skills and so forth. So now think about situations where you could use this in your everyday, in your day-to-day. And it could be with, with work. It could be with your partner, your intimate partner, with your children. How can you come from a place of, how do we work together? What's the opportunity here? Not advice dump, anything like that. So it's an interesting way of thinking. So I went from three perspectives. One being a very defiant, how dare you? You better fix it yourself. Another from a perspective of compassion, we have a problem, let's take responsibility, we're all here to help each other, like a little bit of a kumbaya in there. And then the third perspective I shared was really about opportunity, about what's the next step, let's level this up, let's go to the next way of communication. So really, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. So as a leader who communicates dynamically, you want to always be aware of your energy, the intention behind what you're about to say. Move it from a place of, is this matching to my audience's energy? Sometimes if they're really low, if everybody's negative, everybody is like, woes me, sometimes we need to actually match to their level. And whenever there's two, two perspectives of, woes me, I'm pissed off, whenever you have people like that in front of you, the best thing you can do is to just acknowledge and validate their emotions, their feelings, where they're at. You don't have to necessarily agree with them, but just to acknowledge that, yes, it's understandable that you're frustrated because we've been in this meeting for five hours and we're talking in circles and nobody's coming up with the solution, which is real story has happened to me in the past. But really to, to just shift your energy so that we can match our audience to where they are, and then slowly create that, okay, where do we want to go next? What are we really trying to do? So then you have an easier way to get buy-in, to get support. A lot of times we're just so impatient to jump into the solution that we really don't address those tiny steps in between in acknowledging and validating. I remember I was in a meeting once and I was presenting to a group of marketing executives and I was pitching a new idea. And this one lady, she's like, well, where's your detailed plan? Where's your work back schedule? And she was that highly, highly logical, analytical that needed to see all the steps like from A to Z in a spreadsheet and a PowerPoint and like the whole shebang. And I remember I was so frustrated in that meeting because I'm like, well, you don't need that. That's just killing time. Let's just do it. Let's just learn from it. And now looking back, I should have acknowledged her and said, you know, yes, Sally, you're right. We're missing the detailed work back schedule. And maybe that's what's going to help us. But right now at this point, all we're trying to do is give it a go, no go decision. And the work back schedule is definitely something that we're going to put on the table once we have a go, no go decision. 
So, but what I did is I just didn't acknowledge her. I'm like, yeah, that's not relevant right now for this meeting. And that was a complete shutdown and I lost my vote with her. So it's really to understand where are they at? Just that little bit of acknowledgement would have gone a whole long way. And mind you, I, I did try to rectify with her afterwards. And then we had conversations after that. But in that meeting, that was really exhausting for me. And it was really frustrating me that she couldn't see it through my lens. And had I known these little tricks here that I'm sharing with you, that meeting would have gone a lot smoother. I hope you're still with me. At this point, I do still want to leave you with another tool within my toolkit. Your core message is your unique selling proposition. It is the message that you send out about who you are and the message which resonates in everything you do and say. It's a statement about you, your unique gift, and the value and purpose you bring into the world. Your core message communicates you to the world. And by core message, what I'm trying to really say here to break it down is it's the way in which you see the world through. It's the who you are at your best self, at your core. And if your core is filled with not good enough, this life is hard, woes me, all of that stuff, which you're not, then, then the way you articulate your thoughts, your emotions, your, your propositions, your messaging will come with that energy because it's attached to that core of who you are. Now imagine if this core was something like, I am someone who is creative, I am somebody who's compassionate, I'm someone who cares about community, I'm someone who has high family values, I'm someone who is genuine and is of integrity, like all of those values. Once we really are clear about the core of who we are, that gets infused into how we communicate outwards and how people will see us. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's within those few seconds that people make judgment. And even by listening, if that core message is not coming from a place of optimal way of showing up, then the communication is received, your message is received with whatever energy that you're giving it to. And this is one of the area that I work with my clients on is to really help them shape that ideal image of who they are and how they want to show up, which then ripple effects into how we go about communicating with the world. Now that we know our core of who we are, our core message, what we stand for, then it comes down to not the way we speak, but actually listening skills. This is the part that I think with ADHDers is absolutely critical to nail this down. Listening is the is most important aspect of communication. It is through listening that we learn and grow. Listening enables you to shift your energy and to motivate others. It is ironic that while listening is so important, few people do it and fewer do it well. You can be powerful force in your organization by learning to listen. Listening to others helps us understand their perspective, their concern, their ideas, their needs. I realize I'm not giving you something that's like, you know, innovative and new here, but I like to remind you of this concept of listening 
because it is so, 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 so important. When leaders first seek to understand, they listen with a beginner's mind and open ears, open heart, open mind. Judgment is suspended, filters are gone, and the leader, which is you, is present in the moment. This is the trick for actually managing your distraction, is when you're listening with a beginner's mind. And really, the beginner's mind is excited about what he or she is about to learn and knows that through truly listening, they're operating at the highest level of self-awareness and creating success and opportunity for themselves, for the other person. It's really important that that beginner's mind, what it does, it actually motivates you. It taps into that curiosity side of us that we love. We're curious beings. So when we're listening to somebody coming in from that place of curiosity and a beginner's mind helps us to actually be like, well, what if this person, what they're saying is actually something I didn't know and I'm here to learn. That is when you're locked in, you're engaged, you're actually, your ADHD kind of calms the hell down a little bit and says, okay, let me hear what this person has to say. So let's look at the three levels of listening. So there's that beginner's mind, but then let's go deeper into, and what the, and this comes from my training material again with IPEC and, and I love this, this material because I, I truly think there, there's so much depth and breadth into this that I learned and I also work with my clients on this. So I, I also want to give credit where it's due. So within this manual, one of the steps is around kind of identifying the three levels of listening. The deepest level is called intuitive listening. Intuitive listening is at the heart of being a great leader, a great individual, someone that really shows up for not only for yourself, but for others. Learning to listen at a deep level enables you not only to hear what is spoken, but also to hear between the words and to sense the energy behind the words. With this knowledge and awareness, you're able to connect with the person, engage with them, shift their energy, inspire them to success, and inspire them to really come along whatever journey it is that this conversation is taking place. Having someone really listen to what you are saying is a profound experience. Now imagine they're at that receiving end and the way they're watching you listen to them, you're creating this experience that, believe me, not very many people have in their lives. It is in these moments of true listening where rapport is built, trust is established, buy-in is enabled, conflict is resolved, and real potential for success is created. Like seriously, that last section there, that's pretty much the secret sauce. When you're listening with intuitive listening, which I'll talk about in a second, you're really able to tap into this person, this individual or individuals in a different way that they're not used to. In this fast paced, go, 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 let me give you my two cents, let me advice dump on you. People are used to that. And then here comes you, that taps into what is called intuitive listening and listens in a different way, man, welcome to managing your ADHD and your communication skills to on a different level, completely different level. 
So three types of listening are the subjective listening. In this level, listening is based on the agenda or needs of the listener. Whatever is said is heard through the experience of the listener and how it relates to the listener. It rarely satisfies the person who is speaking. Every listening is usually subjective. This level of listening is used by people who control and don't really listen. I also like to add that in this level is, is when you're having that shitty day and you're just like, whatever, it becomes subjective. And so here's an example of one. The speaker will say, I'm really upset about our lack of profits. The subjective listening response is, yeah, I worked really hard on this. You see how they didn't even connect. The person says, I'm upset about lack of profits. The listener goes, yeah, I really worked hard on this. It became about them and, and not really about what that other person just shared. Now, objective listening in this level, the listener is completely focused on the person who is speaking, which is good. There is no thought about how any of the information personally relates to the person that's listening. This level is effective, but does not get to the heart of the matter. It's still listening. At this level, though, it will dramatically improve the communication. However, like there, there's this sense of like, okay, it's good, but, but there, there's another way to do this. And so the example would be, the speaker says, again, same scenario, I'm really upset about lack of profit. And then the objective listener will say, seems like you're really disappointed at the new numbers. So they're kind of acknowledging and validating them, which is good. So if you're having a shit day, don't go into the subjective one that I just talked about before. Tap into the objective one. Because also, this takes practice, you guys. The fact that, you know, I'm talking about it in this episode, and hopefully by now you're continuing to listen because I'm throwing so much information at you, it takes time. It takes effort to really become aware of our type of listening and how we're being with the person. And, and actually, that's one of the reasons we do coaching is to practice these. And I do it with my clients a lot. We practice scenarios and the different ways that we communicate back. So the third one is the, the sweet spot of where you want to be most of the time is intuitive listening. At this level, the listener is hearing all sensory components and intuitively connecting to the speaker's real message. The listener is paying attention to not what only what is said by the speaker, but also the speaker's tone of voice, energy level, feelings, everything else. The listener is also paying attention to what is not being said. So important. Intuitive listening is hearing between the lines and tuning into what is really being said. It is the most powerful form of listening and allows the listener to really connect with the speaker. I remember in my coach training, we spent three months Literally, the first three months of training was all about listening. How are we listening to the client? How are we listening to, how are we receiving the information? How are we intuitively listening? And I think this was like the best skill I got out of all the hours and the, the months and the years of coach training. This piece of coaching, the art of coaching is really actually, it is about 
intuitive listening. So, so I highly recommend this one on intuitive listening. Partner up with someone, work with a coach, work with a peer, that, and teach them the concept. And actually, one of the ways to retain information is to reteach it to somebody else. And get them to hold space so you can practice this intuitive listening. Now, here's what it could look like. This is the example of it. So same scenario. The speaker will say, I'm really upset about our lack of profit. The response of an intuitive response would be, not only don't the profits reflect your effort, but it seems like you're feeling very stressed over this and what it may suggest. So you see like the, the, the listener, the intuitive listening, it's even doing a bit of a prediction and what it may suggest. So they're really acknowledging the person. Not only don't the profits reflect your effort, so it's really saying, yeah, you've been working your ass off. It's not reflecting. But it also feels like you're very stressed over this. So again, acknowledging the person's emotion and what it may suggest. This is the little bit of the foreshadowing. This is that in between the lines. Like, what is really going on? Why is this coming up for you? Right? So, and then which opens up a whole other conversation with the speaker so that you're able to really become human about this situation, to really become one with the person and see it from the depth of the way they're seeing the problem and hold space for them to be there for them before even giving a solution, before even giving any advice is to just really, let me see it through your lens. And what does that look like? So my friends, I talked a lot. This was a jam packed episode. I actually feel like I need to do a worksheet along with it just because I shared so much here. This episode, actually the content of this is part of an eight piece segment that I do with my clients where we go through the leadership development system that, that I've been trained in. So with the professionals, even with executives, with, with business owners, we go through each of these segments. We talk about all the different areas where they can improve their communication skills, influencing skills, setting up that ideal person of who they are and much more. So I wanted to share this particular segment. It's a powerful one. It's one of my favorite segments. It's something that comes up in my coaching all the time. And I wanted to share it. So here you have it. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, as always, keep on shining.